Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports Tailgate Legend Show. We're live from my living room today. <laughs> we are. It's a nice living room. Yeah, we're live from my living room. Uh, COVID's lifting. But there's still restrictions. Don't forget, I declared COVID dead last show. Yeah, but we're still, still not dead. doing any tailgates. We have the most interesting guest that we've ever had on this show. Uh, and that says a lot because we've had some amazing guests. We sure have. From Miss Muhammad Ali, Willie Parker from the Steelers, uh, Antoine, Antoine Harris, Harris, Robert Jones, uh, Micah Martin, Hamity Jassim. But this one, guys, uh, what an amazing guest. We're going to be on with him in about 10 minutes. And I'm excited. But you know what? Today's show, this is tailgate. Legends, where we tailgate with legends. Uh, so we're all about the food. We're all about the tailgate. And sometimes you just can't make it to the game. No, but speaking of games, we got a little break in news right before the show. Do, 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 do. The NFL oh. has extended their season to 17 games this year. Why? Because Roger Goodell claims to care about the player's health. So make them play more. Okay. So really, what he really cares about, like I said the last show, the bottom line and money. So... We're going to have 17 games this next season, 2021, starting right off the bat. Well, I'm all about the money as well, um, and that's why I'm going to get to the sponsors before our caller calls in, because I want to get the sponsors out now. It's a veteran move. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I learned from the best, and uh, that's Roger Cadell. Are you drinking out of a whiskeywear.com decanter? No, that's an infinity bottle. Mm -hmm. A custom infinity bottle by whiskeywear.com. I guess we're going to go ahead and knock out whiskeywear.com. That's whiskeywear, W-A-R-E.com. Customizable premium whiskey glasses, decanters, infinity bottles, which are supposed to just hold various liquors at the bottom. If you don't know what an infinity bottle is, Google it. But you've poured your beer in there, and you're just uh, you're just stone coning that beer right Fuck from yeah. an infinity glass. I'm drinking in style. But look, I've got my infinity glass here. Not infinity glass, but my whiskey wear custom I think they call uh, them tumblers, call right? Tumbler, yep, yep. Uh, so whiskeywear.com. We've actually got a new sponsor today. Oh, yeah? Who's that? We do. It's Bearfacers, B-A-R-E, facers.com, bearfacers.com. Uh, yeah, they're they're coming out with all the bear face. That's the uh, pun on maskless wares. That's the what anti-maskers. Yes, they call the anti-maskers, the anti-new vaccine thing. Um, they've got some pretty funny shirts out, some handbags, some all sorts of cool stuff. Hey, look, whatever. I'll promote it. I'm gonna wear one of their shirts. Says nope and has a mask on it. I'm gonna wear it. I think that's funny. But uh, you do you. Um, anyway, that's bearfacers.com. Uh. Always instill distilling company makers of the finest rum in North America available in Florida and in North Carolina. They're available in Jacksonville, Orlando. Uh, but this rum is near and dear to my heart. It's special to me. It's special to you. It is. We love it. In fact, when this show drops uh, Friday night at eight. I might be busy over then still. Well, that's huh? right. You're oh, playing music. Right. Playing a couple, uh, you've got a gig. Tunes. Yep. You've got a gig over at Instill with a new band called the North to South Band. If you haven't seen Boston Joe live, check. This could us be out. your chance. This could be your chance. Seven o'clock. Instill Distilling Company. They're playing live. We also have another new sponsor. Blue Line Canine. Ooh. Blue Line Canine. We're actually doing a live show with them uh, next month. Really excited about that. Look them up. Blue Line Canine. These are ex-police uh, and military dog trainers who do uh, train dogs. 
They're doing a live podcast doggos. at Instill Distilling Company. They train doggos, not dogs, doggos. What's a doggo? You have one run, running around I somewhere. I don't call yeah. them doggos. I call them doggos because I anyway, care about the doggos. Um, <laughs> they will be here next month. If you follow Instill Distilling Co. on Facebook or Instagram, you can see when that, that podcast drops, the live show. It's on a Tuesday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Bring your dog out there. Give us a call. Give us a message. Let us know you're coming. By the way, whiskeywear.com, it's promo code LEGEND. Now, is that all just LEGEND? Or? And I believe it's all cap. If it's not all cap, try it. We should it. probably get that straightened out. We say I know, this every we say week. Every show. We say that every show. But it's, I'm sure if the people really want it, they'll try every variation. I think it's LEGENDS. I think Tricky Bro S, right? LEGENDS with an S, and it's all capital. We should get better with that. We should. We're terrible. <laughs> I we're said terrible veteran move in the beginning, but now we're showing our, our rookie stripes <laughs> right now. We're but, a work uh, in progress, people. Today's tailgate hack is just that. You can't go out... Um, there is no tailgate, and so you're going to tailgate from your living room. You, maybe you get invited. You get invited to a tailgate, and you've got to bring something. So today's recipe is brought to you by barefacers.com. That recipe is this very simple bean dip. And if I get a chance to get my, against Jesse Wiseman, uh, redemption, redemption is the my word redemption is the word I'm looking for. This was this would have been the dip I showed up with. It's a very simple dip. It's um, a five-minute dip. But just because it's simple doesn't mean it has to suck, right? <laughs> Boy, a little shout-out to Conspiracy Cuisine there. Always. But this recipe is uh, you take a pie dish, right? A pie dish, and you layer the bottom with one uh, stick of cream cheese. You're going to add Hormel chili with the beans. I like it with the beans. If you don't like beans, don't add the beans. But we're gonna, just going to layer the pan the bottom of the pie pan, the pie glass, Pyrex pie glass. You're going to just layer the glass, the bottom of the glass with the cream cheese. You're just going to spread it around, get it nice and even on the bottom. You're going to open up a can of Hormel chili with the beans. If you don't like beans, then don't use the beans. I mean, get I am from Bean Town beans. after all. Uh, and then you're going to pour that, make it even across. And you're going to dump one whole bag of mozzarella cheese on top of that. Oh, and by the way, that's the Hormel chili uh, with the beans and the meat. Because you can also get Hormel chili without the meat. Mm. Always you add the what? meat. Always add the meat. We love our meat. Um, and then you're going to microwave that for three minutes. And serve it with your favorite chips. I like to use the purple chips. If you like the little scoops. No, the purple, the, chips, the purple chips are bougie as fuck. Jesse made fun of them. She used straight Fritos. Now, I'm not going with the, the white trash thing here, like she mentioned. But Fritos, not my thing. Neither are the bougie blue chips. I like a good scoops. Okay, you get more bang scoops. for your buck. So there's your tailgate hack for the tailgate legend show this week. Um, that recipe will be posted up on Trick and Bro Sports Facebook and Instagram. We'll make sure we get that out this week. Um, we our special guest will be here in about four minutes. So you got four minutes for any house cleaning that you need to get out of the way, Boss and Joe. What's going on with sports this week? Well, house cleaning. We are in your house, so you should have cleaned the house actually and done the house cleaning. I'm but I'm clean. sure I'm sure Ashley did a, a fantastic job on the house cleaning there. Well, we mentioned. The uh, the NFL season being extended, I'm curious to see what the players' reactions are. Um, I'm sure a lot of them probably won't like that because as much as they love to play football and get paid, 16 games does a lot to the body. Sure. I don't know if they're going to take away a preseason game. If it were up to me, I would take away two at the very least, especially if you Sure, I think so. I think you take away the preseason games. Nobody wants to watch that many preseason games anyway. No, nobody it's does not to anyway. do anything for the ratings. No. And I don't think the players need it. No, and it's it changes the, the coaches whole... may, but... It changed the whole landscape of how the NFL season is going to play out. Um, I don't know how they're going to, you know, usually what they do is you play 
your interdivision rivals twice, and then you each year pick a different, not pick, but you get assigned a different division to play, which, by the way, someone's making a return this year, the return of the king, they call it. Shout out to the Lord of the Rings fans out there. Um, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going up to New England and play in the Patriots. Tom Brady okay. makes his return to Gillette Stadium. And um, if anyone can hook me up with some tickets for that, I would love it. <laughs> so I'd love to see that, even though he'll be uh, wearing the wrong jersey. Speaking of tickets, we've got tickets to something special. We're going to the UFC fight with Chuck Liddell, with Ross Patterson and those guys. That's going to be really exciting. Just but so maybe, humbled. I know. I'm so humbled <laughs> that I thought We're I would. Blessed. We're blessed. We don't deserve it, but we'll fucking take it, right? I mean, yeah. Blessed. Come on. And, and, uh, and not to mention we're going to Austin even before that for the NFL draft. Um, where I'm still holding out. Maybe it'll wait till draft day. But Jimmy G is coming back to the Patriots. They traded up to Here get potentially a quarterback from Justin Fields. Here comes the dip. The here winning dip. The dip. Chef, <laughs> Chef Ashley here. Uh, here comes the dip. Look wow. at that. Look at that. Yeah, put the wow. chips on my side because fuck Boston Joe. <laughs> you wish we'll you could. Those, we'll put those right out there for I'd you. Rocky world. Look, let's, um, uh, let's try not to spill anything on this tansy, right? That would be stupid. If wouldn't you... be our first spill of the day, mm, but no. I'm gonna go ahead and take a bite of this chip. Get it out of the way before our guest comes. Let's hear that crunch. Ooh, a little good. ASMR. I'm gonna taste it. Don't oh I wanted God. to watch you eat it first. It's so good. I wanted to see your food gasm. It's so good. Let me get a picture of this, really quick, guys. Really quick. Guys. This show is. Uh, we got one minute. Um, on this show is uh, is gonna be completely different than any other show we have. We have an amazing guest, and look, this guest is coming on right now. Um, we would never ask you uh, to do something for the show. We are going to do that this show. Give this guy a follow on Instagram. He's up over 50,000 followers, but he needs your support more than anything. He needs the Drinking Bros community. This is a story that has never been told before. Maybe one of the greatest stories that I've ever heard. We've had the Terrorist Whisperer on. I've heard his story. I love it. Um, we've heard lots of stories throughout Drinking Bros. But this uh, this story is near and dear to my heart, mainly because I know this guy. I served in the military with this guy. Um, but he truly is the, probably the most interesting human being on the planet. And what's been done to him as of late is, in my you know, in my opinion, almost tragic. I, I think it's a, an abomination of what what it means to be an American. Yeah. So um, we don't want to give too much away because he's no. going to tell his story and he's done the rounds and and been on. You know, Fox News and other, you know, ways, other different platforms to sort of tell his story. But this but is the place you need to go to really hear his story. He's going to tell waiting, us everything. Go ahead and, and get on Seth Jan, S-E-T-H-J-A-H-N. He's got the blue check mark. You'll be able to see him. I think his profile picture is him getting off a helicopter uh, with a tuxedo on. But give him a follow and send him a message. That's what we're asking you to do today. Is follow Seth Jan and give a message. Let him know that you support him. If you don't support him, then get that's fucked. okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm just it's kidding. okay. But he's already heard enough of the people who don't support him. He's lost everything. He's lost all of his endorsers, his endorsements for something that I feel is just a little bit uh, is just a little bit ridiculous. Uh, I, I I think the cancel culture has really fucked him over on this one. And so if you are listening to the show, he is just coming up on Skype. We're trying to get that figured out. Um, but go ahead and go over to Instagram right now, Seth, J-A-H-N, and, uh, and send him a private message and let him know your support and let him know that you understand what he's going through. And uh, 
There he is, Seth Jan, up on the camera with us. Homie, this is a magical moment for us. Oh my goodness, a reunion. Look at it. It is a reunion. You've got the blue check mark now on the old Instagrams. You're somewhere over 50,000 followers. Probably lost a shit ton of followers last week. Just kidding. You probably gained more than you actually lost. At least I would hope. Um, I'm not going to get into that story right now, Seth. Um, but you're going to tell that story later, I hope. Because then we're all dying to know. But for those of you who don't know, and we've already talked about it, Seth, going to your Instagram, checking you out. Uh, Seth, come on, man. What, tell us about you. You've, you are by far the most interesting man in the world. That is a very, very generous assessment, my brother. Um, yeah, it's, and it's pretty ridiculous that, that so many people put so much emphasis on that little cyber blue check mark, as if it gives you some type of validation or something. In like this that. world, it does. Worthless now, as I was. <laughs> No, listen, how how Seth and I met, uh, Boston Joe, you were asking this earlier. I said I was going to make it on the show. Seth and I actually officially met in a combatives course. Uh, it was a Marine Corps combatives course, and we we're the only two Army cats there, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, and we had yeah, to... I, um, I choked him out. <laughs> I was going to say, please tell me you've kicked this dude's Maybe ass. Maybe a, a baker dozen times or so. <laughs> Good. <laughs> He's a lot yeah. bigger than me. <laughs> It feels like a lifetime ago. Can you believe, bro? Like, I remember sitting out looking at those Afghan mountains as the sun was going down. You're out there strumming on your guitar and your freaking little uh, chubby shorts with your shirt off. And uh, I, I probably got my, my tambourine or my little eggs or something like that. And and uh, who would have thought years later that people would actually give a damn what we have to say? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it blows my mind. Oh, it's, I've looked to see where you have gone, where you have come and gone from there. Uh, you know, and, and then the second time we ran into each other, uh, we were both trying out for special operations together. And you showed up. We hadn't seen each other in probably two years. Uh, and you showed up with a Jesus Loves You t-shirt um, to Special Forces <laughs> Assessment. That, special Forces Assessment and Selection, day one. Here comes Seth Jan, big as fuck, uh, rolling up with a t-shirt that said, Jesus Hearts You. Bro, you got an incredible memory, man. I, uh -huh. I, like, uh -huh. that, I needed all the help that I could get, and I figured, you know, Jesus uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> be a good one to tap into. <laughs> going into so yeah, so uh, and then after that, uh, we you know we trained together for a little bit. We lost touch for another year or so. And the next call I got was uh, that you were wounded in Afghanistan on your way to Germany on life support or some bullshit. Um, and then you were going to Walter Reed, and then from there to Florida. Uh, just tragic events that down spiraled from there. Thought you would never walk again. You were in a coma. Um, uh, we were all talking to our friends, trying to figure out what was going on with you. Um, and then, and then uh, like a Phoenix from the ashes. Oh. <laughs> Is that a Phoenix call right that there? A, <laughs> when it's about being Phoenix, I always get confused with it too, man. You know, like, you know I, honestly, bro, like I don't have any stories of heroism and me kicking ass all over the world. All my stories are me getting my ass kicked all over the world and actual heroes bailing me out. So I appreciate studs like you out there, man. That means you're a tough <laughs> bastard then. You know, I won't say much about myself, but I am very, very, very hard to kill. Yes. <laughs> it yes. seems it. You are. Uh, and, and you know what? Your Instagram, by the way, is probably the most entertaining Instagram. It's the most real Instagram. It's really like watching a Phoenix, um, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, watching you go to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, you doing the Iditarod with the fucking dogs, uh, swimming with alligators and crocodiles, humping tigers. 
<laughs> it was consensual. <laughs> hey, we don't you know, kink honestly, shame. bro, like, like, you know, we always talked about our dreams and our goals and all that. And we, we had some pretty big aspirations. And, and uh, when I was uh, laid up in that hospital bed for a year and a half, having team after team of doctors say, you all said they'll never walk again. You need to start looking at your, you know, quality of life. And, you know, to the point where you'll walk again, but only with an assisted device. It just it just gave me a new fervor for life, you know, like um, not to be corny, but I just um, at that point, my biggest fear was uh just having regret being 40 50 years old one day saying man i wish i would have done that i could have done that and here we are in that moment and uh and it just takes being a, a man or a woman of action to go make it happen there's nothing special about me man i just i just wanted it and i wanted to to have those experiences and and uh and it made me appreciate all that much more, you know. You know, when we when we first met at that that combatives course, and we were the only two army guys, we got paired up together. Um, I knew right off the bat that you and I were kind of of the same the same cloth. Uh, there was no quitting us. They, a matter of fact, they they at one point, Boss and Joe, they said that we were going to be kicked out of the course if we did not stop when they said to stop because he and I were choking each other, punching each <laughs> other. Uh, we hated each other. Um, there, it was it was complete competition at that time. I don't think we knew each other's names, um, but we went hard. And it was probably more me going hard because you were so big. You were going full tansy. I was going full tansy on him every time, but he took it and he wanted more of it. And he choked me out several times and he was talking shit. Um, And, you know, I think they'll probably still talk. Those instructors probably still talk about us to this day. Uh, but it was a fun time, and I knew that you were special. We met up later on <clears throat> in that deployment at uh, some weird camp, and I remember you telling me, you said, uh, I'm going to be a pro soccer player when I'm done with this. And you did something that not a lot of people had ever done, and and you went out to a helicopter pad unprotected. There was no fencing. There was no gates back then. Uh, there was no Constantina wire to protect us. You went out to a helicopter pad and you invited Afghan national soldiers to come play soccer. Um, and it was the weirdest thing. Everybody knew it. Even all the operators, all the SF guys. A matter of fact, I think at one point they had put uh, some security guys, some guys that just refused to not wear a gun during that time. But you took your guns off and you set them down. You took the ammo out and you left the ammo behind and you played soccer with, with Afghans in the middle of nowhere every night. Yeah. No, it was interesting because, you know, uh, sports kind of taken a, a, a backward direction for me as of late, you know, as we politicize sports, sports always been that one thing that we can kind of, uh, escape from reality from. And, and now they've, they've bled that into the, you know, the things that we love, uh, in, in the, in our extracurricular endeavors in that regard. But, you know, that, that day, man, it was just an example of how sport, the pure sport, and uh, it, it, arts in general, music, sport, language, those type of things have such an, a unique way of transcending barriers, whether uh, racially, ethnically, uh, uh, with your language, all of that. And, and that was a really beautiful example of that, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was a, that was a, a cool experience for sure. It was a cool experience until you, you fell and broke your collarbone. Um, and that was your first deployment. That was your first injury. I, I, I was actually got to be there for that and see you limp out of that hole with a broken collarbone. We won't go into how that happened. Like, like I said, man, I, I don't have any cool guy stories, man. All my stories are me just, just getting my ass kicked, you know? Um, I, I think you have a couple cool guy stories and, and 
Tansy, it seems like, wants to tell them all, but I would like for you to tell us, I don't want to call you a victim because you're far from a victim, but you kind of <laughs> fell victim to the cancel culture that's going on right now. So yeah. for everyone who's out there listening who doesn't know your story yet, let's, um, why don't you, why don't we hear from your mouth yourself and, and tell us yeah. your thoughts on the whole cancel culture bullshit. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. So I guess to, to really articulate it, I need to give you a little backstory. Um, right out of college, I signed pro. I, I played a year professionally and realized I didn't want to play a game to define my life. And, and that's what propelled me into more service oriented career fields in the military and, and all of that. Um, uh, when I was injured, I, I left uh, the hospital uh, a year and a half, two years later and went into the, uh, the intelligence community and served as a counterintelligence special agent for for a while and I got hit again, hit, got hit by a Katyusha rocket. And, um, and, and at that point I had, uh, I'd been eating, sleeping, breathing warfare for the last dozen years of my life. And I needed to decompress. I moved to Thailand and, and, uh, I had a small little hut out there, uh, in Phuket. I, I was fighting professionally. I have a background in, in combat sports and, and, uh, and it, this all ties into the story, so bear with me. But I, you know, I, I was volunteering at animal rescues. And, Wait, we didn't ask you to tell like the that. story of 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 Rambo Six. We wanted you to tell your story, not Rambo <laughs> Six's story. I'm just kidding. Continue, continue. Well, so all right, we'll fast forward from there. But but that's what tied into to. Africa and you were Muay Thai fighting in Thailand, correct? Yeah, yeah. I went there for um, for. MMA and I just couldn't get a fight at my weight. I wanted to fight local guys. Because you're fat as fuck and or what? What was your weight? I was. Uh, I came in about two thirty five, and and they don't really make them that size out there. So <laughs> <laughs> was so that racist? I, I, I had Should we cancel you for that? I wanted to, but um, but one of my buddies said, "Hey man, why don't you drop down two hundred five and fight Muay Thai? We can get you fights all day." That's. So I was like, "All right, man." Man, those boys, poof, they took it to me. Their legs are like baseball bats. But um, it was an awesome experience, man. It was just so pure. As I was able to refocus, and and I came to a place where you know I was ready to get back to reality. Um, I went back to Europe, and I, uh, as a contractor this time, doing pretty comparable stuff in the intelligence community, and um, got back involved with soccer and with sport. And, and the U.S. national team saw some footage of me. Uh, from the U.S. National Seven Aside team and reached out, um, offered me a trial at the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista. And I, when they hit me up, I was like, y'all sure? Like, I thought that ship had long sailed, man. And and um, I was, uh, you know, about 30 at the time. And, and uh, I went out there for a trial. It was successful. I kind of came to that place where we were just talking about before, you know, being there I was, you know, being 40, 50 years old one day saying, man, I wish I would have done that. I could have done that. should have done that. Here I was in that moment. And the, the kicker for me was that the national team were ranked um, ninth in the world. The top eight teams go to Rio. So I ended up joining, ma making the trial, did well, um, put me onto the roster. I competed at the World Cup in England and actually got the game winner against Scotland that put us into Rio. It's a very insignificant chintzy goal, but it was kind of a profound moment for me going from never walking again to putting a goal in that put us into to, to Rio. And, um, so competed in, in, in Rio in 2016 and, and, uh, which by the way, was, there was a video of you during that. Cause we're, you know, we're your biggest fans, right? Uh, obviously the guys that served with you, a lot of the 20th group guys, you know, we, we're all, we're, you know, we're all big Seth Jan fans. Uh, and one of my favorite videos is where you went to take a knee for the anthem. The camera came to you, you, you went to take a knee and then you stood right back up and you shook your finger uh, 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 and you put your hand over your heart. I thought that was the funniest, most ballsy move I've ever seen yeah, bro. on the big market. I, I 
I got so that's what I was tying into to to answer uh, my man's question over there. I was I I came to a, a you know <laughs> it's kind of funny because the assistant coach he, he says he's everybody knew I was like super a patriot guy on the team and everything. I was one of the captains and and he's like he's like you gotta take a knee because that was like the the you know fad thing to do at the time. Uh, athletes getting all that uh, all those Instagram clicks for for taking a knee a knee for something they don't even understand. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, coach, I'm going to take a knee. So when they started playing the anthem, he's kind of like looking at me all cheeky, you know? And, uh, and so I went down to take a knee and I was like, nah, man, and I stood up and, and honored her flag and, and, uh, all those who came before it. And, and, um, the camera was on me at that moment. It was they so funny. It, they couldn't get it off of me fast enough. Bro. No, they couldn't, but you know what? It is too late. We had already seen it, man. I think, uh, I think I was streaking around the, uh, the living room when that happened. I was butt naked already. I'm glad I didn't see that, by uh, the way. Well, let me ask you, since we're that's talking... That's what we about, call foreshadowing right yeah. there. Well, since foreshadowing we're, we're talking about... Foreskin shadowing. We're talking about the kneeling stuff. Now, you know, I'm, I'm patriotic too. Maybe not as much as you. But I don't give a fuck if you want to kneel or not. But the yeah. problem is now it's, like you said, politicized and it's become a big thing and people are getting praised for one side and not necessarily praised for the other. So just like I don't have a problem with you doing the whole fuck you and waving my finger, I don't really have a problem with Kaepernick doing it either. But the problem is yeah. that the narrative Thanks. is set now that only one side you know, gets blame and the other side gets praised when I think that's the most un-American thing ever. The whole point is you can do whatever yep. the fuck you want. Just leave me alone while I do it. You're, spot, you're absolutely spot on, bro. Like for, for me, I, I would give my life to protect their right to take that knee. I don't have to agree with it. Like, that's the thing. We all come from different backgrounds, different life experiences for, for whatever formulated their position at that time where they felt like they need a kneel. How can I, I go and, and berate that? Like, but that doesn't mean that it minimizes my voice and, and what's formulated my life experience to a point of, of why I choose to kneel. And for me, or, or I'm sorry, choose to stand. And for me, when I think about what that flag represents, um, it, you know, that flag, it, it, every race in the history of time has been enslaved by another demographic. Um, the only country that actually fought a war to abolish slavery underneath the very stars and bars that they take a knee for. And it, it, it's just so counterintuitive. It, it just makes no sense to me at all, man. Like that they're taking a knee. They're, they're, they're smearing the, the, the image and the sacrifice. Those men, 400,000 plus men died to abolish slavery underneath those stars and stripes. And why would I ever take a knee for that, man? Like my job, is to free slaves. That's what I do for a living now, which is crazy. I'm even saying this publicly because, this, you know, I've been very quiet about it, obviously working. Hey, look, in you know, for those of you who don't know, let me just stop you there. For those of you who don't know, uh, Seth Jan was canceled recently from USA Soccer uh, because he gave a speech. Uh, it was just a, it was a very passionate speech, but it was very articulated. I thought your facts, nothing in that speech sounded racist to me, um, but it didn't go uh, with the narrative. Um, they fired you for 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 almost a, a heinous uh, race, racial cause. Uh, yep. I, I challenge you guys to go listen to the speech. There's yep. nothing even questionably racist about that speech that you gave. You gave facts and statistics, but also I think it's important to know for our followers that you got canceled for, for that, but you were also of ethnic descent as well. Um, yeah. your name I, is Seth Yon. You're Spanish or Mexican Indian. I don't know what you are, <laughs> but, um, you know, for, for me, bro, like, that that's what that's what boggles my mind is that U.S. So I was a an elected representative on the athletes council, um, and uh, and so I wasn't even planning on saying anything. 
uh, one of the, the the chairman of the of the council decided he calls me prior and says, "Hey, I'm not going to say anything." Um, kind of guiding me not to say anything either because they're trying to get a 30 percent uh, vote on the the board of directors. Uh, you know, he says, "I'm with you. I I know where you stand on it." I says, "All right, I, I'm not going to say anything, man." Um, you know, uh, but you're not going to have a unanimous vote on on 604-1. He says, "I totally get it." Uh, so when they bring it up, he pipes up and I'm like, wait a second, man, he doesn't speak for me here. And I wish that I would have taken the time to, I, I just shot from the hip. Like I was like, wait, he doesn't speak for me. Like I, I'm not gonna, you know, just let him have my name attached to this vote. So, um, for me, I just felt compelled to like pipe up, man. And, and, you know, I, I wish the one thing that I wish I would have better articulated is, is simply, calling for, for athletes with millions of followers, because that's what happened. There's only like a few of the athletes on the council with millions of followers. They, they called me a racist. And then obviously the rabid, so, you know, uh, uh, leftist media were just salivating at the chance of calling somebody a racist and canceling them. That's, that's essentially what happened. U.S. soccer dissected my speech word for word. They even told me we didn't find anything racist. We didn't necessarily agree with everything. We didn't find anything racist, but they still released a statement uh, to appease the, the the mob, man, and that's just so weak and cowardice, and I, it blew my mind. But the one thing that I do want to reiterate that that I wish that I would have seriously just put more emphasis on was the fact that I in no way minimized the atrocities of slavery hundreds of years ago. My call to action was: Can we refocus from the slavery hundreds of years ago to the tens of millions of people that are enslaved today? Because like, you're you're, you're traveling around the world. Visibility to that, you know, like bring visibility to, to the tens of more people enslaved today than any point in history, and that's what I do for a living. I couldn't say that at the time, and not in America that, either, <laughs> bro. Like like so for me, it was just um, it, I have these pretentious athletes, these privileged athletes and millionaires that's from their ivory towers, you know, condemning people for exercising any type of diversity of thought. Like we don't have to agree. But let's have a meaningful, healthy exchange of dialogue. That's how we grow. That's how we progress, man. Like, is is learning what formulated my life experience, what formulated yours, and and coming to a place of understanding where we don't have to hate each other for having different opinions. As soon as you exercise any type of position that differs from the narrative, you are canceled. You are censored. And that's where I come to this place, bro. Like, and I am resolute that the only keyword here, mass discrimination, mass, I know there's discrimination all over the world. The only mass discrimination in our country is that of conservative voices. If you exercise any type of conservative values or ideals or a voice, then you have no voice anymore. And I'm testament to that, man. Like, I spent my entire life fighting for people of, of color, persecuted all over the world. If you want to relegate it down to pe per people of color, which is just asinine to me, then so then do so. But, you know, for, for me, um, having these athletes who've done nothing remarkable with their life except for kick around a bag of air— um, condemn me, <laughs> call me a, a, a racist for freaking, you know, uh, uh, asking to, to shift our focus to to people who are being enslaved today. It just it, it blows my mind, bro. You know, and it's so funny because I, I know you, uh, you know, caveat to this or, or uh, just to jump on the back here. Uh, Jen was one of my groomsmen at my wedding. Um, and so, I'll, you know, I always going to have like a personal relationship with you, Seth. Um, we've been through a lot together, but, you know, I, I feel like I know you more than anybody else. I, I don't know that you would have said it or could have said it. Um, but one of your last missions was was 
was hunting pedophiles um, around the world. Um, you're probably not allowed to talk about that, but I asked you, you said your gloves were off, so I'm going to bring it up. But, I mean, you were you were in the Thailand, the Philippine area, um, and you were hunting pedophiles uh, for a while. And so you've seen true slavery. You were in Africa uh, hunting poachers before that. Um, you look for the monster that we all sleep with. I was, I was talking earlier about how sheepdogs will never, ever be able to communicate with a sheep, um, which would be a civilian and a, and a sheepdog will never be able to communicate with the farmer, which would be the, the politician. They, none of them speak the same language. And I feel like yeah. you're feeling that frustration of you're not able to say, look guys, I'm out there fighting the monsters that you can't see. The farmer doesn't see what I do at night when I go out there and chase the coyotes and the cougars yeah. and the bears and, and the sheep don't know that either. And that's the thing, man, is like, I, I, I don't, I, the guys from our community live selfless lives. It's, it's not to, to, to self-gratify, uh, you know, or, or to get, to get followers on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, man. Like we don't give a crap about that, dude. Like we, we live a life of selflessness to, to put others before ourselves, to put our teammates before ourselves, to put people before ourselves. That's why we continuously go in to those communities and to those, uh, those regions of the world that are, that are truly being persecuted, uh, and, and try and, and do what we can to, you know, I, I've, I've said this before, and this is what's propelling me into the political realm is, is there's always been some semblance of balance between good and evil throughout the entirety of history, right? And the only reason for that balance is that good men and good women who have elected the side of of, of good uh, have been men and women of action. They 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 didn't talk about it. They didn't grandstand and virtue signal. They just went and did it, man. And um, and that's why the guys in our community are are just uh, a. a a, cut from a different cloth, but not that we're better or anything like that. It's just that we're better. <laughs> yeah. And we have um, we have a saying around here, um, dubbed by Dan Holloway, uh, APAC. All politicians are cunts, and that's kind of yeah. a way that the drinking bros live by. And when to circle back on the cancel culture stuff, you know, it's how do you combat something like that? Right? They're trying to silence people. And I mean, you lost your endorsements. You lost Nike. Um, I, you were on Fox lost, News, CNN. But the problem is too. All the jobs, bro. Um, because I, in my, my the, the organizations I was working for, they support me, but they said that, look, man, there's just too much visibility on you from all this cancel culture madness. Like they says that we, we got to stand you down. And I was a team leader. Keep in mind, bro. Like, I mean, you know, I, I lost my sponsors except for one. And, uh, you know, I uh, who's your sponsor? Shut them out. <laughs> yeah. Georgia extracts, man. Go check them out. They're they're They, they stood by my side and, and they're an incredible organization. Uh, do they do a lot of uh, medical CBD stuff, all the professional sports organizations. So, um, but, uh, yeah, man, it was, um, I, I just, uh, I think to answer your question and this is what's propelling me into that realm. And I agree with you. I'm, I'm about to go become one of those cunts probably is, <laughs> <laughs> is it takes men from our, our community who, who are, are forged in that, that selfless mindset who put people before themselves to say, all right, it's time that we recognize these egregiously underqualified individuals who are making command decisions on behalf of all of us in the political realm with no experience to warrant their subject matter expertise and, and replace those self-serving politicians with the, the selfless warrior class, man, because there's such a lack of representation from the, that selfless warrior class. Like um, the, the people are craving real talk They're, the people are craving somebody who just doesn't give a damn who's going to take the gloves off who aren't going to play the political game and 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 go and shake things up man and yeah. i have never been less motivated for an endeavor in my life i 
I absolutely despise the thought of me even in that circle. But, you know, what, what that's what it's going to take, man, is for guys from our community. And I implore everybody who's listening to this, everybody from our community to, to look at their communities, say, man, I can take that city council. So I can take that state representative. So I can take that. That, that state Senate slot, because we're at a critical point in our country. We're at the crossroads, man. Our liberties are being siphoned from us. My example, it, it all it did was illuminate. But my, my stupid little gay story is nothing compared to to like the, the thousands and thousands of messages I've gotten from from so many people. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. I'd say between eight and nine thousand people reached out to me and said, Seth, thank you for just being bold in your convictions, bold in, in your faith, bold in, in what you believe. I can't. And if I say this, I lose my job. I lose my sponsors. I have a husband. I have a wife. I have children. What the hell kind of country we living in where if you express a, a diversity of thought, you lose your job and your your promotion and your, your position, man? Yeah, like, the irony is they rectify that, bro. It's time to be men and women of action. That's all. The irony is the you know the side on the left or whatever you want to call them are preaching diversity, but like you said, there's no diversity of thought. And the problem is, you know, now it's become a game, right? Where it's been a political game where you know the the left, the Democrats, the liberals, whatever you want to you know paint the picture and call them, they're the ones silencing people like you. And conservative thought is definitely being silenced. That's you know goes without being said. However, now the other side is trying to fight back. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with Lil Nas X, the Old Town Road guy. He came yeah. out with this this music video where he's, he's fucking the devil. Now, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Tansy's got some kids. He probably wouldn't want his kids to no. see that. Whatever, no. that's fine. But and, now the and problem... he said that he's targeting children. That's his target. Yeah, and that is strange to me. Don't get me wrong. But now you have people on the so, so-called right who are like, now we need to cancel him. And that's not going to help anything. If you combat, no, no, yeah, what but you're he's not going to he's not going to get canceled uh, because he's he's not the left. Now, look, the right had been trying to cancel. Um, uh, what, what's the artist's name that used to have the one eyeball? Uh, Bob Ross. No, <laughs> the one eye. Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> Dan, what what are your thoughts on Dan Crenshaw? By the way, I'm not talking about Dan Crenshaw. I'm talking about the uh, heavy rock guy with the one eye, Marilyn Manson. Uh, the right have been trying to cancel Marilyn Manson for a long time, and it never happened. Yeah. Why? Because it's not right. But no one should be canceled. No That's one my should. point. You and need idiots out you there so you, you can do. point them out and say, but this here, guy's a here's fucking the thing, idiot. And that's what the difference is, is that the right, I, I think that the right tried for such a long time to cancel Marilyn Manson, and it never happened. Um, you know, I can remember when Marilyn Manson came to Jacksonville, Florida, and there was a large protest to try to silence that show and the show went on baby the show went on now um if it was coming from the right that i don't believe that that show would go on i think the show would get canceled and that's and I wrong think that's where the hypocrisy comes from yeah, I, I love, in a lot I of love these that, things that even in this conversation that we're critical of both sides because that's what makes our country so beautiful is is being able to exercise our first amendment and then the second amendment protecting that first amendment, obviously. So. Yeah. That's a battle for the second amendment. What is up your too. opinion on Dan Crenshaw? I know that you mentioned Dan Crenshaw. I, I've been following him lately for the last five or six months. I'm, I'm actually a big fan of the guy. What's your, what's your I, take on Dan Crenshaw? Aside from like having a, a dozen stories of seals almost getting me killed. Um, Brilliant on the maritime piece, terrible in the land warfare piece, no mission planning. Anyways, uh, <laughs> they're, they're, I think he's brilliant, man. I think he has such a, a measured voice. He doesn't shy away from any difficult questions or the difficult audiences. He relishes it. He, he, um, he gives uh, a really good uh, 
perspective and perception of, of conservative voices without any condemnation or judgment. Uh, and he, uh, he, I, I really, I really, um, the thing I applaud him most on is how he, he develops his framework and his, his arguments and his positions and, and how he makes that palatable and, um, and received from, cause if, if, if the only type of message that, that is going to be uh, the only type of extreme message that's going to be re- received is going to be from an, uh, somebody who already holds that extreme position. It has to be disseminated from a, a position of love and understanding. And, uh, and, and that way you can have true discourse, you know, and he does a really great job of doing that. I think. Well, Tansy asked you about Dan Crenshaw. I'm a fan of him too. I'm also a fan of someone on the other angle, on the other side of the aisle, I should say is Tulsi Gabbard. She's someone who yep. interests me a lot. She's got a lot of things to say, and I don't agree with everything she says. But a sure. lot of the stuff that she says really intrigues me. Now, if you could – I mean the whole two-party system can get fucked at this point. We need to evolve as a country. We need to really yes. you know, reevaluate everything that we're doing right now in this country. I agree. And you know, what if there was some sort of you know, joint pre- presidency of someone like a Tulsi Gabbard who leans left and Dan Crenshaw who leans right? Is that something that's possible? It's not a king and queen. They can get fucked too, the kings and the queens out there. But is there some sort of way that we could sort of reevaluate our whole political system so that we can have more Tulsi Gabbards and Dan Crenshaws working together rather than playing this political theater and go back and forth and seeing Pelosi rip up Trump's shit behind him? It's, it's all theater at this point and nothing ever gets done. It is. And, and I, I've been I've been saying that for probably the last two or three years that I, I wish that we could have a system like that where we have a VP and a, and a POTUS that are on opposite sides of the aisle. Um, I think that's how you truly unite the countries from the top down, you know. And uh, and, you know, Abraham Lincoln is a great example of that. Look what he did with his cabinet. He had a complete split down the middle because he wanted all voices equally represented. And that's not what's happening in our country right now. No, so the I, problem I, is they want to fill their pockets. Instead, they don't give a shit about us yeah. as people anymore. Politicians should not be making money at all. They're supposed to be working for us. Uh, that'd us. be my first piece of legislation, man. I'd be like, um, term limits for myself. Here's the, <laughs> here's the legislation for it, you know, like, but they don't want that. They, they crave that power once they have it, you know, but that's why you got to look at the individual it's subjective. You got to look at where they came from, what they've done prior to that. It's all self-serving, man. And it, you're right. It's grandstand. It's theatrics. It's, it's, it, they have to look good and, and, and present themselves in a certain way. It's not real. It's not real. And that's what people respond to the most, you know, love him or hate him. But that's what people like responded to Trump because he just wasn't a politician. We, you know, he just, you, you knew what you're going to get with him. So. <laughs> you know, we, you, we talk about theatrics and, and we, we talk about things that don't make sense. Um, and I just give another shout out to one of our sponsors. who's paying for the show. They barefacers.com barefacers.com. They're kind of taking that stand on, 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 on a very controversial subject. Um, they're kind of reaching out towards those no mask wearing folks that are deemed the bear facers. Uh, it's a really funny website, bearfacers.com. Um, you know, and that's just a shameless plug for those guys, but theatrics is one of those things that I have kind of, and I'm not saying I'm a bear, a bear facer. I'm not saying I'm an anti mask wearer or anything like that. I, I choose to wear my mask when it's appropriate and when it's not to, but you know, we talk about range theatrics being an operator and things like that. And I've heard a lot of operators talk about things where you do things that don't make sense. Right? So if we're on the range and we're shooting, we look to our left and we look to our right and I forgot the, operator 
there was an operator that taught a course that taught all about that, and I forgot his name now, but I wish I wish I remember his name. But you know, he talked about when we shoot targets and, and you you hit that target and you scan to your left, you scan to your right, and then you holster and it's over. And those are what we call range theatrics because that's not reality. If you're really going to scan for a threat, you'd be looking to your left, to your right, you'd be looking up, down, you'd be turning around and facing uh, you know, the shooting tower. You'd be looking all over the place. And so why are we on the range practicing looking to the left and the right if it makes no sense and i think a lot of us and i think that's where barefacers.com comes into play is some of us are, are being forced to do things that just simply don't make sense all the time and we're just theatrics we're just going through the motion we're putting on a cloth mask even though a cloth mask isn't what's what's saving you it's it's a proper mask and it's using more than one mask throughout the day if you really want to be protected and so i think you know a lot of us are just being theatrical in the way we're doing things it's almost virtue signaling yeah, i was like, gonna say it's hey i'm putting signal. a mask on look at me i care more than you yes i care more than you which is all bullshit just go to the data that's what i say if they they say they're people of science go to the data fauci has flipped his position on this multiple times there's so much data on the ineffectiveness of the n95 i was just walking by a girl here and uh and she's wearing n95 and she's like oh you smell really good i'm like Mm -hmm. so so (laughs) what are you wearing right now what uh, why do you smell good what are you wearing yeah, that, um, I Armani. think right now I'm, I'm wearing a... I don't you look know. like an Armani guy. <laughs> plug. This is hey, a plug that could actually pay. Yeah. 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 What are you wearing? Yeah. I'm dropping the ball sexy right now, man. Piece. What, what are you wearing? Well, I see you got Under Armour on. This degree, you know? Degree. <laughs> Did you tell her that smell of man? She's wearing an N95 mask, bro. And she says, um, you smell really good. So you tell me the nanomicrons of a COVID-19 at 0.1 to 0.5, they can go right through an N95 mask with 70.1 to 70.6 effectiveness. Like, why are people adhering to this data, man? Like, you you look at the states that have been open, the, the cases remain the exact same, 99.8% survivability rate. It's, it's evolved into a biopolitical weapon, and that's all that it is, man. Like, the, the mass hysteria being perpetuated by the mainstream media is is just nauseating. I'm not saying that's not real. No, but I mean, you know, we, we, we experienced that a lot with the government. You know, when we were in the military, there's a lot of things that you do in the military that just they're just not correct, like cleaning your weapon all the way until, until it's shiny. I mean, there's data that shows cleaning your weapon that well is actually degrading the weapon um, yeah. and taking all those oils off the weapon that you need a little bit of that carbon to – you know, to negate that's, the, that's the, the exact reason why I only bathe once every two weeks. <laughs> that's a good excuse. But that's like what we were just saying before. It's well, that's the way we've always done it. We've always had a two party system. We've always yes. voted like this. It's just the way we've always done it. Well, we're evolving as people and as a culture and as a society. But the stuff that is giving us the rules on how to live our lives is not evolving. And that just seems problematic to me in many ways. Yes. These are coming from people who just think they're smarter than the the average citizen. And, you know, they expect us to to adhere to their every every word. They're just like I said, man, it's it's all for power and control. Are you still keeping up with soccer? Um, I mean, I am. It's been a part of my life for so long. I've been part of the U.S. Soccer Federation in some capacity for like the last seven years, you know. Um, But at this point, man, to be honest with you, I just don't enjoy it anymore. I'm so sick of seeing these privileged athletes who have everything everything served to them on a, on a silver platter have experienced no type of of adversity and no time i'm speaking in generalities here i'm sure there's special cases but you know screaming about uh police brutality and all and don't get me started We're, you and i are both former swat cops man um we we served in that community for a long time we served alongside every race and in, in, in culture guys who, who running in the buildings not caring who's in there what race they were or anything like that nearly 
what is it, nearly 400 million interactions with law enforcement, and there were nine unarmed shootings uh, in, last year. Like, the data does not substantiate the the police brutality narrative, man. And that's another thing that I brought up in my speech. Like, that's why you're taking a knee. Like, I'm not saying that there's aren't, there aren't terrible things that happen, but there's not another entry-level position in the country that requires psyche valve, polygraph testing, neighborhood canvases, uh, your driving record, your background record, like, like a, a degree, a physical abilities test, a basic abilities test, all these different things, man. Like, to, to get a, a product that's going to uh, be a, a, a selfless servant for their communities. Now, that doesn't mean that, that shitbags don't slip through the cracks. Of course they do. But this this narrative, they're not, again, I, I brought in FBI statistics of, of 99 or 95% of African-American deaths in ma every major city across the country come at the hands of another black man. So, you know, with 3.7% being at the hands of, of, of law enforcement, 3.2% being a justified use of force. So you're, you're, you're taking your knee and burning down half your country over... Uh, a half of a percentage of, of the deaths in your community, your your anger and rage is so recklessly uh, misguided and misplaced, man. You know, and, and and so for me, when I look at those communities and and I care about them, I love them, I grew up in them. My, you know, uh, my, some of my closest friends, I hate saying, "Oh, I got a black friend," um, but anyways, it's like like if you truly care about them, then you have to take in the totality of the information. If you really, you have to recognize the issues in order to rectify them. If you care about it, right? And 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 when you look at every demographic across the board—Hispanics, uh, Asians, Natives, Whites, Blacks—there's you know, and all the crime statistics and all these different things. There's there's one really interesting statistic that is 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 glaring to me, and that is the uh, the seventy what is it seventy eight percent fatherless rate in the African American community. Like that's a significant number where the rest of these communities are the family dynamic and the accountability is intact. These kids are they're good kids. They just don't have anybody, you know, teaching them and instructing them. You know, so so when I see Black Lives Matter and people say, why don't you support Black Lives Matter? Well, of course, I support Black Lives and of course, Black Lives Matter to me uh, very much so. But how can I support an organization in their mission statement? is a Marxist ideology of the, dis the, the dissolvement of the nuclear family when I think that that is the key factor to the, the, the socioeconomic plights in those communities. Well, listen, hey, you, you, you played soccer in what, uh, and you boxed in, what was it, Spain? What's that? Where, where did you, you box and played soccer? I know you played abroad uh, before you joined the military. Was that in Spain or? Uh, I played in South America. South America. Um, and so that, and Jan, you speak a very fluent Spanish um, yeah, I've heard you speak it a million times. Um, and so family dynamic uh, in the South American, the South American culture, that's very important, correct? The family uh, culture. The last part again, what's very important? The, the family culture. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I, again, there's beautiful, rich culture and, and same in Africa, man. That the, the family dynamic is intact in Africa. I could I could talk. I could write a book on my. On, I lived in Africa for you know two and a half years of my life, man. And I, I lived with the Vinda tribe. I I um I, it was and that's what really actually illuminated the the human trafficking trade, man. Is is when I came to a place working in uh, uh, the low vis and and the, doing the UC stuff, the undercover stuff, uh, doing control buys, you know, buying animal skins, elephant ivory. Uh, 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 AK-47, blood, all that stuff, blood diamonds. Um, I came to a place where I could buy people, bro, between three and eight hundred dollars a head, based on their physicality, their age, their health. I was like, like, how is this not a thing? So There's you were an undercover buyer, and you were presented with the opportunity to buy, b 
by children or by humans. Well, the, first, the first time it was uh, baby parts, and and I'm looking down at this box full of baby parts, and I took everything in, you know, to pull my pistol and plug this dude up on the spot. But obviously, that's not why I was there. Yeah, I went God straight bless to the you. IU. <laughs> I went straight to the intelligence unit commander, and I said, "Man, like, what's going on with this?" He says, "It's called the Moody murders. Look it up. M U T I or the variant spelling is M U T H I." Uh, murders and 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 you know based on my time living there and i know it's limited it's only two and a half years but what i really feel holds africa in such a regressive state is their implementation their practice of black magic and not 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 that i'm giving any relevance to it but what i mean by that is that there's there's different levels of potency in their black medicine they have plant-based plant animal based plant human based and in their plant human based they have four different levels of potency, um, blacks being least potent, uh, uh, children, whites, and then albino blacks being most potent. And, uh, and so there's murders. There's people abducted all the time. I mean, thousands, thousands of people put into slavery. Um, there's 20, uh, project, uh, uh, supposedly, tw- uh, an estimate of 20.3 million people enslaved in Africa today with, um, and, and so when I, I started learning about these things, uh, where I could actually, by people, man, it just blew my mind. But that, that's because there's no real. You know, I thought that was funny because you were telling that story in your speech, and when I was reading some Reddit blogs, I was reading. So we did a lot of research for the show, but there was a, a, a one of the the women's soccer players from the soccer thing, and, and one of the things that she couldn't take, and she miscontexted, was that you bought human beings. He bragged about being able to buy human beings. When when I listened to the speech, what you're saying, oh right? What you're saying is, <laughs> I know. I, and what you were saying is, is that you were, you were talking about that there's 28 million people out there that are being sold and trafficked and you're passionate about that being so bad but yet in her reddit blog in her blog she's talking about how you brags about being able to buy humans you're not bragging about being I mean, able what you're saying is that it's it's crazy and unreasonable that you should be able to and that, i think that's what you're trying to preach am i correct on that or no 100 percent, man like what the heck dude like i'm that's what i have dedicated my life for this is the first time in my life man you know we've We've done multiple deployments together, bro. We, we've put our life on the line all over the world. And, and it's always like, I'm not going to lie, like lurking in the shadows of my mind was a political agenda behind my presence, our presence in some of these areas of operations. Whereas this, the mission is so pure. It is just going and getting people out of slavery. And that is what I found my, my sense of purpose. In, and they've taken that from me, man. And not only that, they've taken it from the people who are waiting for me to come and, and, and do my work. And, uh, and that's what's most nauseating is I have this privileged athlete who I don't even know who she is, but she can kiss my ass and she, uh, she can go and, and, uh, and, and spew some. And, but that's what blows my mind is that she, uh, that's what, that's what is so synonymous with that side of the aisle is there. They take things out of context to spin this, this, yeah. this false narrative. And, and that's, what's terrible is in, in misinformation. And I, I learned about this in the intelligence community. I implemented this myself operationally only 13% of the population who heard the initial misinformation will re- will hear the actual rebuttal of a factual statement. That's yeah, a, a huge problem. Number. A huge problem with that, I think, is social media. I don't know if you're you've seen the social dilemma on Netflix. I think everyone should go watch that because it really puts into our, our consciousness what the hell is going on right now. And when you know you talked about, I don't know which soccer player said it. I could probably guess which one it was and what their hair looks like. But hey. The problem is people don't want to have these sorts of conversations that we're having. We were talking before the show how Rogan does a great job of having long conversations from 
talking with all these different people from different walks of life. Now it's clickbait shit. And social media is a huge reason why, I mean, just Twitter alone, I think it started at 140 characters, maybe now it's 240. doesn't really matter. That's not, you can't get context of anything from something like that when all you want is retweets, likes, and clicks. And that's what people are going for now, and that's all people care about, rather than, well, why don't we actually sit down? Why don't we actually get the context of what you were talking about? Instead, she wants to, whoever it was, say something that will get her a Twitter applause and the blue checkmark brigade out there saying yep. that she's yes queen. hundred <laughs> percent, man. And, and that's, that it's it, the Twitter is such a different animal from other social media. I agree with your social dilemma uh, position too. They should definitely check that out. But with Twitter, it's like just a place for people to go rage, man. It's just like all anger, all hatred all the time. And uh, there's no there's no civilized discussion. Or anything it's a like huge that. component to the division of this country too. Now I really you believe it. you personally worked with the female soccer, the women's world the soccer when they win the World Cup. What was your capacity yeah, so, there? Yeah, I was on staff with them throughout the whole year, man. And um, and you know what's crazy is I've had these same conversations with them, and you know they they kind of pitted uh, uh, Megan Rapinoe and I against each other because they they did this art some I can't remember which publication but. Yeah, they did an article on um, on me, you know, standing and her kneeling, and and so on. But I've had conversations with the girls, uh, a few of the girls on the team, and there's a couple who are who are critical thinkers, but the rest of them are just um, they're they're just completely uh, detached from reality. Were they, you they there when they lost to the 14 year old boys? Was that? <laughs> Were you there when they lost to the 14 year old boys team? You know what? I'm just gonna come out and say it, man. Say it. They, say it. They, 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 <laughs> This is, oh man, because we're, you know, we obviously weren't. You've already been canceled, so who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, man. <laughs> Can't be canceled oh, twice, dude. can you? <laughs> you're working on it. It is what it is, man. I, I, I this is, I want to, I want to preface this with, I think that we should just quit comparing men and women and celebrate women for, for women's sport and the brilliant things that they do in their, in their sport and men for the brilliant things that they do in their sport, but you shouldn't combine the two. And I've seen case after case of the, after case of that, you know, when they bring on, uh, uh, every, every camp they'll, they'll, uh, scrimmage against two club teams and they're not pros. They're not, um, uh, academy teams. They're not college teams. They're not, they're not even, uh, they're, and they're sure as heck not national, uh, you know, youth national players. They're just local boys clubs team. And if it's you, you six, like you 14 and below, they'll win every time. You 15, it will go either way. Uh, you 16, uh, they'll they'll get beat about every time. <laughs> it's so and you won't hear, you won't hear any. There's always closed session. But again, I'm canceled, man. U.S. Soccer threw me under the bus. They, I've had these same conversations with them that I gave in my speech. I've had the almost verbatim, and and they were like, "Yeah, you know, uh, we'll have good conversation about it." Uh, I've maintained those relationships for years, but once that that cancel culture mob, that rabid mob, came after me uh, and them, then uh, they just tossed me right to the wolves. So I got no problem saying what it is like that's what happened right? i remember when i saw you in the locker room when the women won the world cup and you were getting sprayed with the champagne you had the goggles on i believe and i'd called you and you said man i'm just so glad it's over you have no idea what it's like <laughs> being with these women on traveling road especially when you're a veteran what did you mean by that yeah there, there are some there are some beautiful personalities and some 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 wonderful people um in that team and in that organization uh, but generally speaking, it is chock full of some of the most, again, self-serving, pr- pretentious, just really awful human beings, man, that I've been a part of. And I was just it was awesome to be a part of something in women's uh, sport history 
It was awesome to, to celebrate with them. It was awesome to see them accomplish such an incredible goal and objective and, and, and awesome to see such phenomenal athletes in their respective sport do what they do. But um, I was so glad it was over because I – it's such a staunch contrast from anybody, any other demographic that I've worked with uh, in the government and law enforcement and the military and on other professional teams. Um, it, it, it's not, it just, it was just grimy. Man. I mean, it's <laughs> gotta be hard. Somebody has got as many uh, combat uh, related deployments, combat related uh, involvements as you do being wounded so many times in so many different theaters I'm working with so many different professionals and operators. Is it hard for you uh, when you're not in the capacity that you're in currently as we're looking at you in the car? I see that you're bearded out. You got your Under Armour on. I can see you're in your element again, Um, but you haven't been in that element in a hot minute. You were in the sports world. Is it hard for you to relate to people outside of where you're at right now? I, 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 because the reason I ask is I see you in a different mood right now as how I've seen you in the past couple of years when you've been um, with athletes. Is it harder for you working in the civilian population than it is for you working in, in the contractor or the operator arena? Oh my gosh, bro! It is night and day, man. It's just night and day. Uh, every every box you can check, it's just opposite, you know. So yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm grateful. I'm I'm so grateful that I this is the only only I can't really get into it, but the only gig right now. Well, I mean, it must be a real pro- special gig. You're sitting in a Prius. Uh, Bro, must be real so badass. Got, so, hey, funny story. That's a man. fucking Prius. Do, I can tell. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember Jordan Jarris at Yes, Group? I do remember right, Jarris. So, so Jordan Jarris, he was in. Uh, yeah. we, we went through, I sold we him his first everything. surfboard. I, I sold him his first surfboard. So so Jordan, like he, when he got injured or whatever, like we went to aerosol together, airboard, all, all that, because um, it's always you know Jan and Jarris, so we were always next to each other, and um and so uh, but he got injured in selection. And he went into the S1, ended up becoming an officer. But anyways, um, all the S1 guys, whenever I would have a school or anything I needed to go to, um, I would show up in some weird austere place. And uh, and the the rental car place would always be like, uh, they're like, oh, we've been waiting to, to meet you. The the guys at your office, uh, they, they specifically asked for the gayest car that you have there. <laughs> So I'd always take a picture with the car, and it's always like you say, a green Prius or some, you know, whatever. Like a, I had a, a powder blue uh, Volkswagen Bug one time. I remember I was like, I was driving to the site or the train site, and there's this girl in this Escalade, really a smoke show, and I'm looking over at her, and I'm like, man. And she looks over, and she's visibly laughing at me. I, I just totally forgot what I was writing. I was like, Did you feel right. emasculated at that point in time. <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm in one of those uh, those government rental cars. Yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look great, man. Uh, you still working out? Because I, I want to rematch on. I've been I've been fighting. Look, rugby season started a week ago. I'm in the best shape of this month. Um, He's fat as shit. Oh yeah, yeah, He's fat yeah. As shit. But I'm in the best shape of this month today. Yeah, I'm the no, best, shape, best of shape of my today. today. Uh, we ate all that bean dip real quick. We did just fucking. But I want to. I want to ask you. Were asking about like these athletes who were spoiled and and want to you know grandstand. So back in the day, Charles Barkley infamously got called out for saying we're not role models. We're athletes. Like I'm just a a human being who makes mistakes and is really good at basketball. Whereas now, yeah, me too. Charles Barkley, right. Comes out and says, we're not role models. I'm just a a good, I'm good at putting the ball through a hoop. 
Nowadays, yeah. every athlete has a platform. They're all on Twitter. We're all in the yeah. same room together talking. And someone like LeBron James has a yeah. much greater influence than, you know, parents and teachers around the country nowadays. And he's yeah. someone – I think he's the wrong person for the job. I think he's a great yeah. basketball player. He's probably the second greatest basketball player of all time. But when it comes to the shit that he says – you know, I just think he's uneducated on these topics. Not to say that he wasn't oppressed and had a tough life because he didn't have a dad. I know all about that. Not so easy. But, you know, his mom was like, you know, drug addict, this and that. And he worked hard to get to where he was physically and everything. I won't take that away from him. But when he, you know, tries to grandstand and, and talk politics, I just roll my eyes so hard that they're in the back of my head because this guy has made shit up, okay? He he claimed yeah. that he had, you know, um, racially insensitive um, slurs spray painted on his house, and then when the cops showed up minutes, maybe even say an hour later, all of a sudden now it's sprayed over and it's nowhere to be found. He made that shit up, but yet you won't hear that it was made up. You only heard that it happened, and the media controls that narrative because he's the media's golden boy, and they don't want anything, any blemish on LeBron's perfect record. And he's a prime example of someone who shouldn't be speaking up. And I know, you know, people. I think it was Laura Ingram said, "Shut up and dribble." You know, he can, I mean, he can say whatever he wants, but we should kind of take it with a grain of salt where these athletes, like you said, are in an ivory tower. They've never really lived full lives like you guys, you know, out killing terrorists and doing the real, the real good shit that keeps us safe, that allows them to have a voice. And they're saying all the wrong shit, and they're influencing a whole generation of people, not to mention the media pumps them up with everything LeBron says is, is better than the Bible. So I think that... These athletes need to kind of take a step back, and I'm not saying that they should shut up. They have every right to speak up. Kaepernick has every right to kneel, just like Tebow had a right to kneel. And it, it, just like you have a right to stand. I agree. I agree with you up until the point of they, they, I think they should shut up because I think that, again, they're exercising their First Amendment. However, what we need to do is start educating the, the, the youth who, who listen to them, who adhere to their every freaking word, they need to start using some critical thinking. I just did a post about this uh, as far as as, as quit, quit deferring to um, athletes and, and these uh, celebrities who have no life experience that warrants their passionate positions on how you should vote, on how, on what policies you should be looking into. Like, uh, like yeah, they have all the right to say it, but you need to take that with a grain of salt, like you said, man. You need to start adhering to actual subject matter experts who live and breathe and work in that realm. Are you, if you go to a doctor's office, you know, are are, are you gonna, you know, listen to what a, a, a plumber said to do when you know when it comes to your health? It's the same type of thing. Like you adhere to people who are trained, who have the life experience to to warrant their their position uh, in their voice on those matters is the same in our media our media is so divisive man like like you you have these uh these anchors who are educated in the this the the the, the socially programmed educational institution who who are now like giving their perspective on how you should interpret the news and if you go to these other countries i've been in 98 countries i've lived in nine of them if you go to these other countries, they don't have news personalities. They say, all right, this is what happened. Do with it what you will. Mm-hmm. Here in our country, we have a, a Don Lemon, an Anderson you know, Cooper, uh, a Tucker Carlson, who are all telling us how we should be interpreting mm-hmm. this, this news. And they become like, that's, celebrities. That's absolute BS, man. Like you, you, So for, for me, it's like people, kids especially, like start just 
if, if you have an issue, if you want to learn something, you go to somebody who, who's who's trained and, and well-versed in that, right? Sure. It's just, it was that. But a big problem with that, too, is is teachers. I think teachers are extremely important. However, mm-hmm. I think it starts in the education system, especially – I don't, I can't, can't speak for, like, elementary, middle, and high school necessarily. But when it comes to universities and colleges around the country – they they're indoctrinating these kids with these ideologies. Most most professors, I'm sure, align more far left. Not even you know left of center. You know, far I, left. I've got a funny story, Jen. You know my wife, uh, Ashley, one of the smartest people that we both know. She's brilliant, uh, brilliant. I love her to death. Uh, you know when she uh, when she was getting her master's degree at the young age of 23, uh, she had never made anything less than an A in her whole life, um, and she wrote a paper for her master's degree. And um, when she was writing the paper, she she took the stance it was all about speeches and great speeches and 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 how to influence speeches. And she wrote that uh, a whole paper on Obama dropping the G's off of his off of words uh, when he spoke only to black people. So it was called her, her title of her speech of her paper was called G dropping. And so she would say we're marching on the Capitol, not marching. We're moving. We're getting, we're going. And she just thought it was interesting that he, when he would speak at the Black Caucus or these other things, that he dropped the G's. But in no other speech did he drop the G's. And so her her paper was on the power of just one letter and how that can change the course of an entire speech. Well, her teacher gave her a C, her first C in her entire life. Now, she's in her master's program. She got her first C in her master's program. And the reason why she got a C was because it was poor context. Her paper was poor context. I mean, that's just a glaring example. There's a really interesting book written in, I believe the fifties by a special agent, Leon Skozig, a former FBI agent who, uh, who uh, wrote the, the um, naked communists. And he outlines 45 points of how the left and communism takes over in our country. And three of those main points was take over the educational institution, take over entertainment, um, and take over the news. You know, as far and as what Hollywood, are we seeing right now, <laughs> and that was yeah, written exactly when we're seeing right now. I'd, I'd implore anybody to go check that. There's some things that aren't quite applicable as far as the nuclear proliferation and some of the concerns that were more culturally relevant then. But um, it, it is exactly what it is. It, the, the news, the the educational institution is nothing but great agitated propaganda. They take isolated incidents, they exacerbate them, they create, they they exploit the emotive state of their audience in order to garner ratings and and and. All, all these anchors and all these people who are responsible for that are people who are indoctrinated in their belief system within the, the socially programmed higher educational institutions. And again, I've been to eight universities myself. I've been in education. Uh, you You're know, working on your doctorate. Part. Are you still working I, on your doctorate? Or did you get it? I'm working on. I am working on that still. But I am. Edu- I'm one of those who are educated far beyond their intelligence, and I saw the same thing. If you exercise any diversity of thought within those classrooms, then you are berated for it. Your 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 grades reflect uh, accordingly, and you know. And so, uh, and, but these are the people who are leaving there. They're going into the uh, into education. They're going into uh, politics. They're going into the news and. And they're even going into the government, man. Like, look at the agency. I, I can't get too much into that, but man, the agency has gone so far left. I'm talking about the agency, right? And um, and and it's 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 crazy. I have so many stories. I wish you know. You know, it's about. so funny to talk to you. Um, I've been talking to you for for years and years and years. We started our our journey together. Um, geez, almost 15 years ago. 
Oh my God! Uh, Two thousand five. <laughs> that's fifteen. Motherfuckers. That's fi- almost sixteen years ago. Um, that we started our journey together. You know, um, you have always been. You've shied away from politics the whole time I've known you. Um, yep. Matter of fact, you always geared towards religion. Um, you were kind of the light. Uh, You're always happy. Um, you always have a smile on your face. Uh, I've yep. never seen you this outspoken. I've never seen you this angry before. I kind of like it. Um, I, I was. I was pushed this way, bro. Like the line has been drawn in the sand, and now, like, there's been a war that's been declared on our all the things that we love so much, all the things that made me happy, all the things that makes everybody happy, and and it, now it's our responsibility to just step into that arena because if not, then they all disappear, man. And and I I I honestly fully expected coming in this conversation, we we're just gonna be our goofy selves laughing and and BSing about all the things we typically laugh about, and uh, but. It's it's real. It's real talking. It's really happening, man. And and it takes guys like you and guys like me from our guys from our communities to to start shedding some light on on what's really happening. These are these policies that are being implemented into our country. People, fifty five percent of our uh, of the world's immigration policy, uh, uh, immigration comes into the United States. People are fleeing those policies. And, you know, to to come here in the states and see the the very things that they're fleeing being implemented is the same in blue states. People are leaving California in droves and trying to implement those same policies into Texas and into Georgia and things like that. It's it's asinine, man. It's crazy. You know, uh, one of my favorite stories is when you came down here for the wedding, we didn't know if you were still going to be in a wheelchair uh, if you were going to have a cane, we didn't know what was going on. And so we were getting married in a vineyard. We'd already set up that we were going to have plywood all the way out to the, <laughs> to the, to where we were going. And then you showed up and you said, I don't need any of that. I'm gonna actually going to walk for your wedding. And I said, well, if you walk, you can't even do it with a fucking cane because I want all eyes on me. It's my <laughs> wedding and I want to be the fucking star of this show. So if you're going to walk, you walk like a fucking man. It's supposed to be on the bride, um, isn't it? <laughs> and you did. You walked like a fucking man, no cane. Uh, and you, you held out as long as you could at our wedding until, and then when you brought the cane on, I told you to get the fuck out. I said, if you, uh, if you're tired of dancing without that cane, you can fucking leave. Show no weakness. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's my day, Seth Jan. It's yeah, my day. It's all about me. And you were a glorious animal. Oh my God. Look at you. You, and you know what? You paid for the whole bachelor party. I'm still waiting on you to get married so that I can... Uh... Wait a second. Hold on a second. You guys had a bachelor party together. You got to share some stories. I'm sure there's at least well, one It was a story. cigar bar, and I think it was like uh, it was over a $1,000 bar tab at a cigar bar, <laughs> So uh, which he covered. I'm not sure why he covered it. I still feel bad to this day, uh, but I'll have to rectify that. So when you get married, we're going we're gonna to go harder. First of all, don't put that evil on me. I, I don't have... <laughs> Nobody would love you anyway. With that stupid fucking beard, nobody's going to know. It's a badass beard. Like, <laughs> I don't have a, a face that's conducive to us, a long-term relationship or even procreation for that matter. So, you know, not all of us were blessed the way you were, Eric. How big is your dick? You're a big guy. You've got a big beard. you got big hands. Your nose is fucking huge. How big is that dick? I Look, man, I got a, a really – I always – the only thing I get compliments on is my nose. Look you have this. a nice profile. Uh, this is where I tell you to, to go on YouTube so you can see what we're looking at. Hit that like button. Hammer. Give us a subscribe. Hammer that like button. We just saw Seth Jan's profile. It's a beautiful profile. But Thank we're trying so to much. we're trying to figure out about that dick size, homie. What's uh, what you packing down there? We seven? You know, we ten? I, I, what the, what do we got? It's cute like a button. Um, <laughs> it, it looks like a penis, just only smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I can picture that. I, I honestly, I thought it was like a baby's arm with a boxing glove on the end. Um, oh Cause you've got to be dropping a hammer with a face that ugly to see the girls that you've been um, dating. Uh, yeah. You've got to have a pretty big hammer down there. I'm not going to lie. I, I think it's just a severe lack of options. All the good ones are taken. Like y'all two good looking animals, you know? And okay. so they're like, oh. I am taken. What's good ladies. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for you, Seth Jan? What is next? What you got any future goals? Are you going to go back to war? Are you going to go full fucking Rambo move to Vietnam, train Cobra snakes and fuck mm. the U S or are you, you're going to stay the course. What's going on? Well, um, I, I write a fucking book. Pic- I was going to give the Olympics another shot uh, for uh, I made the national uh, I was competing in the national taekwondo team and um, and all the the events got shut down due to covid. So I I think I'm just going to wrap up my my athletic career. I feel really blessed to even have the opportunity I had with the limited amount of athletic ability that I have. So I think for me, man, it, it goes back to getting getting back to a position where I can uh get into the, the counter human trafficking stuff. That's what I'm passionate about. Uh, I don't know if I'll be operational in the field again, but I can still be in a managerial role. Um, and then politics, man, like I, I'm serious about that. I hate the idea of it, but that's, that's where I feel like the, the, you the gotta direction. be pretty. You gotta be pretty to get votes and you're not pretty. Well, so that's, uh, that's going to take though. Well, I, Go I, I, for it, dude. Like, I'd vote I, for you. I, that's why I wear a beard, man. Like I cover up as much of my face as possible, but I'm, I'm just here to make beards great again. You know? So what happens yeah. if you don't have a defined chin? You need to cover it up with a beard. That's what that's I'm doing. That's pretty much exactly what's happening right now. Right. You know? But honestly, that's that's what it's going to take for anything to kind of change because, you know, we say APAC, all politicians are cunts, but that can change, right? It takes good people like you. You know, we talked about Dan Crenshaw who's been in it, but he was someone like you guys, I would like to say. People like, I like Jocko a lot. I know you're kind of back and forth on Jocko, Tim Kennedy, guys like that. Guys who never wanted to be into politics because right now, who the fuck would want to do those jobs, right? Who the fuck would want to be president, right? The Trumps and Bidens of the world, the pieces of shits. Whereas we have to have a certain degree of narcissism to even desire that position. For sure, for sure. We need more good people getting into those positions. That's the only way that you can change anything. The thing of it is, is, is most of the guys in our community they, they want to be in the shadows. That's where we're mm. most comfortable. We don't want the spotlight on us. We don't want credit for anything. Most of the time, people are getting credit for what we actually do. And so to, to reshift that 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 mentality from going in out of the shadows into the spotlight is very uncomfortable for most of those guys. Even yeah. for me going from, you know, the... the is that uh, why you unbutton the first two buttons of your shirt? Because you want to be out of the spotlight? <laughs> don't act like I didn't fucking notice that. You fucking look jacked as shit. Got my chest tube down to my ball, bro. <laughs> you look great, homie. You look great. So you think you're really going to get into politics? You like? I hope I, hope I don't get voted in, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to vote do, for you. Feel, I'm going to fake like 1,500 votes, too. So I feel compelled to do it, man. Like well, I'm yeah. just sick of it. I'm sick of seeing who's who's making these decisions for us, man. You know. Look, uh, all the things you've done, and, and again, that's where I'll say, you know, follow Seth J A H N on Instagram. He's, you know, you've raced Indy cars, you've hiked to Mount Kilimanjaro, you've trained to hike to Everest, you. Uh, you've been around the world. You've been in 92 fucking countries. Um, you fought in terrorists all over the world. Uh, out of all of those experiences, which one was your favorite? Um, probably the culmination of all of that. The apex of all my training, education, the, the, the culmination of sitting here with you in my Prius. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is it. All this is it for you. This is where bros. This is where it's at for you, homie. This is where it's at. This is my com- I feel so happy right now. <laughs> I thank you for that. This is oh. I needed this in my life. Oh, well, you're welcome. Oh, well, we, we appreciate <laughs> your little ray of sunshine. Look at you. Look, and this is the point in the show where we wrap it up. We, we let you pick the drinking bro or broette of the week. Now, it has to be living. Um, as much as we want to pay tribute to the dead, fuck them. They're gone. Um, they can't inspire anybody else now because they're dead. We want you to pick somebody that's living. As your drinking bro or broette of the week, they don't get anything special. It's really just for show. Um, but you pick somebody that's special in your life that motivates you right now that you say, you know what? I want this guy to be the drinking bro of the week. Oh, my gosh, dude. Or broette. We love to put you on the spot. That's what it's about. Everybody looks retarded when they're trying to figure out who the drinking bro of the week is who that's what I this is about drink with, man. Oh, I, I don't know bro um i don't know is not a proper answer uh if you're gonna be a politician you gotta come up with something better <laughs> then we'll circle back who do i want to have a drink with hmm. living Women, okay. Living, uh, living, living, women. not women, living. What's living. on your mind, bro? <laughs> You're sitting yeah. in that car for too long, I think. Yeah, not dead. <laughs> He's sitting in a garage. He's sitting in a garage with that car on. I wish we would have had some type of pre-conversation. No, that's not what this is about. The awkwardness, this happens every show, the awkwardness is what makes it good. A big, big decision. Out of all the crazy, incredible shit you've done, you're making it seem like this is the hardest thing you've ever had to do. This is right. Who has inspired you to be as as awesome as you are? That's living. What's that? Who's inspired you to be as awesome as you are? That's living. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, that's living. (laughs) I've never been described as awesome, but I really appreciate that for sure. I think, uh, um, man, goodness gracious. Um, I'm going to just go with, uh, I'm going to go with my dad, man. Oh, there you wow, go. must be nice. What's it like? Is he alive? Dad? Is your dad alive? <laughs> my dad's alive. He he's a uh, he's just a very selfless man. He he lives a life for us, and uh, he's always been there for me. Always guided me on the right path, and and uh, and ensured that that I kept uh, a shepherd's heart. You know, so yeah. That's I'm funny because I dad. called your dad for some research for the show, and he said, "I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about my son." My dad. What's that? He said, "I don't want to talk about that guy. He's not my son." <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't call your Jesus. father. I didn't call your dad. I didn't call him. <laughs> but if I did call him, I feel like that's what he would say. I don't want to talk. He's not you my know, son. I, there, Canceled. There's a, a lot of compelling evidence to substantiate your position there. I think that you might be right, actually. Do you know what? You know the only way? I have three I have three sons. Do you know the only thing that would get my sons canceled from the uh, Tansy household? What was that? It's not gay marriage. It's not heroin addiction. It's not. Uh, it's not anything but vaping. If my kids showed up with uh-huh. a vape pen... I would cancel them from the Tansy. The they would they would no longer carry the Tansy name. If they had a vape mm. in, I would tell them to get the fuck out and never return. That's where I draw the line. If they want to have abortions, go for it. They want to they want to be gay, go for it. They want to be trans, go for it. Uh, but if you come to my house with a vape pen, you're canceled. <laughs> what? So you're not pro 420, bro? Uh, no, I'm I'm not pro vape pen. He's a cop. Um, okay. You He's you wrap it, you roll it. I'm a former cop too, man, but I'm pro 420 now. Same here. Are you man. really? Please Are you really? up, motherfucker. <laughs> well, Seth, you know, it's my always... My favorite guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Noel, our producer, does not partake in 420 ever. 
Um, his kids call Willie Nelson Uncle Willie. So never, never, <laughs> never. So yeah, never. they've never been never been around weed. I'm sure with Willie. Never, <laughs> never, never. Well, since we name no idea what you're talking. <laughs> about. Since we name dropping Willie Nelson, I want to give a quick happy birthday shout out to uh, Slow Hand himself, Eric Clapton. Oh, that's right. It's Who Eric is Clapton's. Eric's Eric's namesake? His his cool ass motherfucking dad named him Eric after Slow Hand himself, Eric Clapton. Yes, uh, Eric Clapton and Eddie Van Halen, uh, that's who I was named after. That's not the coolest um, dad ever. I don't know who is. Well, my mom was too drugged up to come up with a name, and so my dad was <laughs> like, epidural. fuck it. I like Eric Clapton and Eddie Van Halen. Let's name him Eric Edward. Fuck yeah, man. That's rock and roll Take right there. Um, are we done with Seth Jan? Is he off? He's frozen oh. in time somewhere. Right? He looks like he's off. As long as we're still on, that's okay. Um, I guess we lost him. He doesn't need the final word. I think we um, we'll get the final word here at Drink- what a guest man drinking bro sports tailgate legends he was a great guest cool fucking guy again look him up he had an um, Irish goodbye right there we he didn't did give him he a proper said one. We fuck just, yep. you guys Peace. I'm out um, <laughs> which I'm totally cool with you know. yeah I feel I like I feel like it should frozen. be no other way <laughs> still frozen on the and a smile and he's frozen always, with a smile always can smiling. I just say though you were shitting on what he looks like that dude's a fucking hunk are you kidding uh, me compared to your dumbass well, I one Agree to disagree. <laughs> and Agree I'm as straight as they come. I'm just saying I can objectively say that's a handsome ass man. Boss and Joe, man. we've got a lot coming up this month. We uh, do. Very excited for. Uh, we've got the NFL show, the draft two, the show. The next two months, really, April really. and May. Yeah, we got Mother's Day episode where we're going to meet your mom. Um, yep, shout out to Lori. She's coming on. She's a little nervous. She told me. That she's going to be nervous. She's like, do I have to talk? I think she. I'm going to bring my mom on the show as well. Well, so you met my aunt. We're so going to pretty much already met my mom. They're basically the same thing. Met your aunt. Fucked your aunt. <laughs> did all the things with your aunt. My mom's she coming. Who watches the show? Hello, Auntie Lisa. <laughs> uh, my mom's coming in town. Your mom's coming in town for the Mother's Day episode. We're going to Austin for uh, ju- the, the NFL, NFL draft. draft, and we're going to Dallas for a UFC fight. Chuck Liddell uh, with uh, with old Chuck Liddell and Ross Patterson, man. all the crew. Um, so we have Jeff. a lot of things coming up, guys. Hit that like and subscribe button if you're on Spotify, YouTube. Where we're at right there is is where we get paid is those five-star reviews. Yes, that too. The comments, if you've, the If you've made it this far in the show, I don't feel bad in asking you to leave a five-star review. Me neither. Um, and I don't feel bad in saying to hammer that like button on YouTube, even though YouTube has shadow banned us. They um, can the try. only way you can find us on YouTube is if you type in Drinking Bros Sports Tailgate Legends. Uh, if you just... Type in our names. You won't find us because uh, we use too many swear words. Wah. Uh, that's freedom of speech here in the U.S. Fuck censorship. You guys want to close out on this free fr- freeze frame of this gorgeous human being right here? Yes. yes. Close out on that. Can you play freeze right, frame? Uh, can we play? Wait, wait, wait. Can we sing a song? Can we sing a song? What's the song that we sing? Freeze frame. Freeze frame. Freeze frame. Oh, yeah. Okay, there it is. Uh, until next time, guys, this is Drinking Bro Sports Tailgate Legends, brought to you by Instill Distilling Company, WhiskeyWare.com, BearPacers.com, Blue Line Canine.